0: FIS Castaway, the podcast keeping you in the know about the shipping and commodity world. To keep up to date, sign up to our FIS Live app at www.fis-live.com or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Welcome to Castaway, FIS's Freight and Commodity Podcast. Today is Wednesday, the 11th of uh, August in a nice sunny, warm room, Kerry. Uh, Um, Extremely (laughs) warm room,
1: actually, today,
0: yeah. I've got Theo from Singapore and Kerry here. Uh, in London. And we were going through our main markets, reviews, uh, the news, the indexes, and then a bit more in depth of what's been happening on the iron ore, freight and fuel and oil markets. Um, But first of all, what's happened in the news this week since the last podcast? Well, Russian forces participated in Chinese military exercises for the first time this week. Uh, The US Senate passed a $1 trillion infrastructure package uh, in a 68-29 vote, a rare display of cross-party support. The Taliban continued to sweep across the north of Afghanistan as they captured a fifth provincial capital. The UN's IPCC warned that the world is likely to temporarily reach a 1.5 degrees of warming within 20 years, even in a best-case scenario of deep cuts in greenhouse gas emissions. Concerns grow for Peru after President Castillo named a hardline leftist prime minister as well as a majority of his cabinet. And Tokyo handed over the Olympic flame to Paris after an end to their Olympics, which were somewhat overshadowed by the, the pandemic and delayed by a year. But let's go into the indexes and what we've seen on the oil and fuel oil. Uh, this is obviously Tuesday the 3rd versus Tuesday the 10th. Uh, Brent's come down 1.97%, closing 70.83, just keeping above that in terms of index levels. Uh, the high sulfur fuel oils still below 400, 37705 on the rock, and 39455, both down just over 1%. On the 0.5%, the ROT 0.5, 48960, down uh, 1.83%. Uh, Singapore 0.5% is just holding on to the 500, above 500 level with well, skin of its teeth, 50910 minus 1.9%. And the high fives have come off as well. Uh, 116 down to 113 on the ROT high five, and 119 down to 115 on the Sing high five. Uh, Kerry, what about the freight? What have we seen this week?
1: Cape size 5TC is at $36,009. That's up $793 or a reassuringly flat 2.25% for the Cape size market. Uh, Panamax 4TC at 29798 That's up 1359 or 4.79%.
0: And Theo, or should we call you Nostradamus, what's happened on the iron ore? Where are we up to predictions? <laughs> okay. uh,
2: the uh, Platts 62% index is at $162.20, which is down $21.95, which is 11.92% week-on-week. The uh, fast market 65% is at $192.90, which is another down of $22.20, which is 10.32% week-on-week. And the spread, which is the 65 a 62 iron ore spread, is at thirty dollars forty six, which is up a slender zero point three dollars, which is a point zero one percent.
0: And then to finish off the last two tankers, TC two some movement down nineteen point five percent to one seventeen seventy eight. TC five big mover up twenty six point nine percent to one twelve eighty six. T three C thirty one oh five minus one point four nine percent. And the T twenty five index we might as well carve it into stone. 0% movement, 67.50 <laughs> once again. And the carbon EUA futures uh, was 54.19. But you can see after that news that we highlighted with the IPCC, we are up 5.94%, 57.41 euros now on that European-priced carbon market. But what about in-depth? So we have to go to the crystal ball of Theo, who was talking about the $20 movement down and down and down. And we've had it again. Theo, yeah, what are seeing specifically in that market now?
2: Yeah, we've seen another $20 week-on-week move, which is the third one, so we've got a hat-trick now. So that's $60 in three weeks. Um, it has been a dramatic four-nine ore, but I'll probably focus once again on uh, virtual steel mill margins. And they've once again risen again this week, and now they're sitting at about over 1,500 RMB per tonne. These really high steel margins are, of course, really good for the mills, and they incentivize them to produce. So this could and should support all at these levels now. And you'll see, I think, traders will be hedging steel margins and they'll be reacting reacting to this spread. So we take a closer look at fundamentals because uh, they've been out the window in the last six months, really. But um, looking at them, according to MySteel, the Australian and Brazilian iron ore shipments rose 3.8% on week at 25.7 million tonnes during the period of the 2nd to the 8th of August. So imports are steady and will be rising from now until the end of the year. Um, Port operations are also recovering after the recent uh, typhoons and the COVID cases uh, which slowed down uh, the happenings at the uh, port. Vale also had a press conference last week uh, saying that it would maintain its its, uh, guidance of 315 to 335 million tons for the year. So now looking at Chinese steel demand, It's currently entering into its low season with lower construction, along with having that damaging weather events recently. And uh, the official steel output measures that we've been discussing recently have had an effect on production. Mills are trying to keep production at lower levels and keeping their heads down and out of that spotlight. So I've been seeing calls for iron ore this year to end sub-150 down to 135. Q4 now is at 154 as we speak. But looking at the second half and our focus, I think again, has to be on that mill margin, which provides that insight into ceilings and floors for the iron ore and real, real demand, which can be seen in that still inventory levels held by traders and in circulation. So inventory levels currently are sitting around the 2,200 last year's levels, the same time last year. Inventories will start falling in Q4, and the question is how fast they fall. If inventories drop and production stays steady, then that means demand is good. So personally, I think it's hard to see and sell or iron ore at these levels, even with this, such dramatic falls in the last week. Maybe shorting steel would be the answer right now. I mean, finally, a volatility has been caused by the punters in this market as they shift now out of these markets and into other areas, probably to hide, I reckon. I think the fundamentals are, base, are coming back and taking control of this market and the direction of this market. So that's where I see it.
1: Interesting. Interesting. One thing to add to that was um, an interesting article in Capital Economics, actually, this week that pointed out that, uh, while the iron ore imports may look steady seasonally adjusted. They are down, um, you know, year on year and month on month. So, um, <clears throat> so that's um, something to, to probably watch here, especially as it comes in regards to the freight. But I'll get to that in a minute.
0: And are we seeing anything? We've seen a very marginal increase on that spread, sixty-five, sixty-two. We were noting the increase in what's happened in European uh, carbon market price. Any sort of movement that after what's happened with the IPCC report, or all still quiet on the uh, eastern front?
2: It has been quite on the eastern front, but the uh, that introduction of that new market, the NGO by CME, which is the nat- nature-based uh, contract. That's seen a jump of about $1.50. dollar Started off trading about five eighty five for memory. Now I think it's trading the uh, mid sixes U.S. dollar. So that's taking a bit of a direction as well. Um, it probably has impacted uh, China to an extent as well. So um, I mean, with production uh, levels in China, so it's one to definitely keep an eye on and see how that impacts uh, production. Of course, then uh, supply line or
0: yeah, absolutely. And or- um, Kerry freight what have we seen this yeah, week
1: well you know once again um we've been uh, we've been pretty on the ball with the freight calls the last few weeks and last week I highlighted the cape size paper seemed to be consolidating gains even despite fluctuating sentiment on the underlying that was certainly the case again this past week in fact this looks a lot like Groundhog Day uh on the physical market the back end of last week we saw boots for rates with c5 hitting just under 15 dollars per metric ton uh, that's the West Australia China iron ore route on the 5th of August and fixtures reportedly continuing that range despite an index that's actually been marked marginally down to 1470 in the past couple of days. The C3 Brazil-China index has been holding steady in the region of 30 and a quarter per metric ton. And against this backdrop, the paper has held extremely steady throughout the week and indeed pushed up a touch yesterday on the thin activity as FIS and market participants highlighted the potential upside uh, in the near term from a tight baluster supply and a busy North Atlantic market. Um, September trading this morning, 40375 on FIS Live with the Q4 at 35375 value. That's just a marginal 300 bucks on this time down on this time last week. Um, with the Monday holidays in a number of countries including Singapore holding things back, the Panamax market has nonetheless felt fairly well supported in the past week. There was an optimistic tone in the air in both basins, I would say, helped by solid support on paper. The Pacific once again held strong with Indo rounds on LME-type vessels from South China, now above the 30,000 levels, and owners asking for three in front for no-pack rounds as well, with a number of cargoes in the market. East Coast South America has been a steady support, if nothing electrifying, I would say. And in the Atlantic, the main support has been TA business, continuing to fix in excess of 30,000, similar numbers seen on the short rounds off the continent despite less activity being seen on the front home market. September trading at 32375 this morning on FIS live and the Q through the Q4 rather 30025 both in line with if not marginally above this time last week. Now, one thing I did want to highlight here was you know, we've said a number of times but it's worth repeating in this in this time as other commodities take a tumble, that the fundamentals on freight have and do look a little bit different than the other commodities. That's down to a supply squeeze that we expect to see in the medium term on the dry bulk freight. There are not very many ships on order. There are more ships being scrapped. And uh, and what that's going to mean is that there's not going to likely be a massive excess of tonnage anytime in the near future. Whether that keeps rates exactly where they are, it's very difficult to see. Of course, um, we don't have a crystal ball, but it's worth noting that difference compared to the other commodity markets, I think. Um, The only thing to watch out for, I would say, particularly on the big ships, would be that, as I mentioned, on a seasonally adjusted basis, China's imports of iron ore are looking a bit weaker. And so if that mill production does start to slide even further, then we want to watch out for uh, for adjustments to the Chinese imports. But except for that, I think the fundamentals are largely stronger on dry bulk freight than they are in the other markets.
0: It was obviously hit by those high steel prices as well that we talked about, that news story. Exactly. That people going, oh, now the new order ships are a lot more expensive. Exactly. It became more ships.
1: expensive to order a new ship. And, and the biggest factor of all, as we've mentioned on here before, nobody knows what kind of wretched engine to put in them. So <laughs> until there's a decision on, uh, you know, a universality of a a new fuel source for these ships, uh, especially in light of the IMO's targets for 2030, then I think it's going to be very difficult for people to commit $70 million to a new building cape size, for example, Um, you know, especially with current steel prices. Mm -hmm.
0: It reminds me of the old saying, when a sailor knows not what port they're going to, no wind is (laughs) favourable. Exactly. So do nothing and wait to see. Exactly. So then moving to the oil and products markets, which have been less exciting than the iron ore and freight, um, more of a kind of slump on prices, which we saw. Um, but if you're looking at the end of day settlements, the, it kind of looks very flat uh, going into the end of last week, um, with fuel oil and Brent uh, prices caught in a kind of range before they've moved down again at the start of, of this week. Brent indexes were off about one and a half bucks, with fuel off around five bucks. Um, yesterday, yesterday's close to when we were looking at it's uh, for the last podcast this morning brent has pushed up again uh, up to 71 above 71 bucks uh, with but the big story i guess is where that movement came down was on monday where we had brent fall around four percent in uh, european morning trading with the kind of spread of delta variant again causing major concerns with global economies and the subsequent recovery and what level that's going to come back to normal levels again so that did push brent below that 70 dollars level again after we had kind of made it nice and healthily up into the mid-70s the week before. A rise in locally transmitted COVID-19 cases in China, obviously the second largest oil consumer, has prompted restrictions in cities and cancellation of flights. And as such a large importer and user of oil, that is clearly a concern for the industry, especially after what we were talking about last week with the OPEC Plus plan to increase production, a kind of surprise where they gave a lot of other nations increases in in production when it wasn't really expected to to happen quite that way. Chinese oil data as well from July was also weaker than expected, Uh, as is according to Reuters. Crude oil imports fell slightly and averaged below the 10 million barrels per day uh, for a fourth consecutive month. And The recent growth in oil exports slowed following the rise in these COVID-19 cases and also the floods that we talked about previously. About other data, the EIA, we just uh, finished the podcast and then the EIA data come, comes out on a Wednesday afternoon. We saw a build in crude levels uh, up 3.6 million, but down in gasoline and a slight rise in distillates, uh, down 5.3 in gasoline and up 0.8 in distillates. Again, a high refinery utilisation, 91.3% on that. This week, we've got the API which came out last night predicting what's going to be reported Later today, API predicting a very marginal draw, 0.81 million barrels. Uh, Cushing, again, on the West Coast, a slight draw in levels, minus 0.1 million barrels. Gasoline, a draw, 1.1, a very marginal increase. So somewhat fairly neutral in terms of what it's predicting, but again, what actually is reported of the EIA could be significantly different. So definitely something to look at, 3.30 PM UK time later today on what those levels do show and what that could be indicated in the U.S. market. We know what's happening with those July figures in China. We're seeing that slowdown, yet we're seeing an increase in production. So it's no surprise that we're getting levels of crude down to 70 on the Brent. If you're looking at the EIA, they cut their estimate for 2020 global oil demand by 100,000 barrels a day, uh, barrels a day for last month's outlook. And then now we're looking at an increase of 3.6 million from 2021. Uh, to 101.3 million barrels a day in total for 2022. That will put 2022 global oil demand above pre-pandemic levels for the first time uh, or 350,000 barrels per day above the 2019 average. So a healthy prediction, but at what stage we actually get to that level is another matter of question of Delta variant and the world's ability to move beyond (coughs) COVID. And then physical uh looking at that kind of side from our friends at uh, engine and if you want to look at physical pricing as you can also see that now on the fis live app singapore's very low sulfur fuel oil price has shot up on the back of a kind of brent movement after it moved from below 70 come back up again with several higher price stems in the past day it's doubled its premium over Vajara uh, to eight dollars per metric ton extending its premium over zushan as well to 17 bucks per metric ton on the high sulfur side. This remains tight in Fujara, priced at 20 to 30 bucks mm-hmm. above Israel's Basra and Egypt's port Suez. Longer lead times of around 12 days have been advertised for the uh, 380, uh, stems in Fujara in the last week, and prices also surged to a wider premium over Singapore and Sudan, so it's an- a little bit of colour on what's happening in the physical market rather than the futures there but um, not looking particularly rosy or again flat and waiting to see what happened maybe there's no wind is variable also in the uh, in the fuel oil markets to to wait where those things are going mm-hmm. but anything else from the guys before we finish for this week nope uh, that's it for me Oh well thank you Theo thank you Kerry and to everyone listening do join us again next week